I want to I want to begin by showing you the chart uh, that I was speaking about last night. I hope it comes through. Let's see. Let's see if this works. Can you see that there? There. Yeah, you can see a little bit. The this is from the recovery version. The recovery version um, in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew. I hope, I hope that later on, I hope that later on you might be able to, uh, take a look at this. Oh, there we are. There we are. Our brother's, uh, screen sharing it there. And I especially, I especially want to bring your attention to these two circles here. To these two circles. On the chart, uh, it's the first, second, third, the fourth and fifth circles. The fourth and fifth circles. They are, you know, on the chart that, that, that we have there, on the chart that we have there, the first circle is eternity past. And the final circle is eternity future with the new Jerusalem there. And then the four circles in the middle, uh, the second circle there, that's the dispensation of the fathers, of the patriarchs. That's from, from Adam and, and so on. Yes. Thank you, brother. Then we have the dispensation of the law, right? Then we have the first coming of Christ and the Christ's first coming. And then his second coming, they actually uh, are like bookends to the age that we are in today. And that's the dispensation of grace could also be called the dispensation of the church. And the next one is the, the, the number, number five there, number five. No, no, back over. Yeah, yeah. Is the kingdom age. But, but saints, what I want to highlight is this. We're, we're right here, saints. We're right, we're right here. We're right here. We're, we're so close, so close to bringing in the kingdom. So close. Oh, I wish I could, I wish I could make this bigger and bigger. Oh, Brothers, we're, we're very close here. We don't know exactly how close. One day we're going to know. One day we're going to know. Um, the only indication that we have, because the Lord says, the Lord says that you can't know the day uh, or, or the hour, because the Son of even the Son of Man doesn't even know. But, but I tell you, brothers, if, if, you, if you know the image the, the prophecy uh, that's in the image in Daniel 2, that tells us that one day, one day, at least we might be able to start counting down the years. And, and we know that once, once that, that, that person, the man of lawlessness, makes a covenant with the children of Israel to reinstate the worship, by that time, by that time it seems the temple will have been or is, will be rebuilt. Oh, well, no, that'll be a great, great sign. That'll be a great, great sign that, that the, the final week in Daniel chapter 9, the, the final week. Actually, I mentioned about the image. You have to put the image in, in Daniel 2 with the prophecy in Daniel 9 about the 70 weeks, about the 70 weeks. 69 have passed, and now there's a kind of gap. That gap is the church age. 
And, and, and that final week of seven years, we, we'll, we'll know when that begins. We'll know when that begins. That'll be a great, great sign. That'll be a great, great mercy, brothers and sisters, a great mercy. That'll be a great, great wake-up call to the believers, the Lord's children, all over the earth. However, brothers and sisters, however, uh, it takes time to grow. It takes time to grow. Will, will we be able to grow enough in those three and a half years? In those three and a half years? Because we know from the prophecy that that man, the man of lawlessness, he will break the contract with it, with Israel. He will, he will begin to persecute the believers and the Jews. And that will be the beginning of the great tribulation. The last, the final three and a half years of the, of, of those, of those seven years. Oh, brothers and sisters, even I'm afraid, I'm afraid that because of that man of lawlessness, because of that man of lawlessness, because of the words that he speaks, you know, this, this is all there in, in Daniel, in Revelation, because of the word that he speaks. Actually, many, it's possible, even of the Lord's children may be affected and carried away. Oh, that we would, that we would, uh, our eyes would be open, that we would not be in a stupor, and that we would be able to awake, be, be those who watch. And that's the burden, saints, of, of this weekend, that we would watch. But not only watch, also be ready, that we would watch and be ready. And actually, the Lord spoke in the Gospels, in his time on the earth, in the, in, in, as, as, you know, in the flesh. He spoke some things to, to prepare us how to be ready, how to be watchful. And that's what we want to look at mostly in this session. But before we, before we touch that, and, and we're going to spend most of our time in this session in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 17 and 21, chapter 17 and 21. But before we get there, uh, I would like to give a kind of a continuation or con- conclusion to the fellowship in the first session yesterday. And uh, brother, if you could help me with the screen sharing, I'd just like to share this one verse with you, saints. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. First Thessalonians 5, 8. There it is. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And wherever we are, again, wherever we are, we keep, you can keep the, your mics muted, but wherever we are, we can read. Because as we read, we are breathing in. We are breathing in the triune God as our reality. Amen. All scripture is God breathed. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.8. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and a helmet, the hope of salvation. Thank you, brother. Saints, we are, we are of the day, and we need to be sober. We need to be sober. Sober for what? 
sober, to put on the armor, the Christian armor. And what is the armor here? It's a little bit different than what we see in Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians 6, there it's talking about the church, and the church is the warrior, the warrior. And then we have the details, the details of the, of the armor. And actually, this is a point I forgot to mention yesterday. It's very interesting that in Ephesians 6, when, when Paul is, is giving us the detail of the items of the armor, do, do you know what the first item of the armor that he mentions is? It's the girdle of truth. The girdle of truth. Dear saints, to be ready to fight the battle for the Lord, especially at, at the end of the age, we must be girded with truth. You know, the girdle, the girdle is for your whole being. The girdle strengthens your core so that you could stand properly. It actually affects your whole being. And the first item of the armor is the girdle of truth. We must have the truth. We must have the truth. Well, in First Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians, it talks about two items of armor, the breastplate and the helmet, the breastplate and the helmet. And it's very interesting. It's the breastplate of faith and love to cover our breasts. The breastplate of faith and love. And the helmet is hope, the hope of salvation, the hope of salvation. You know, faith, love, and hope, faith, love, and hope are, are mentioned repeatedly in the book of First Thessalonians. They are revealed there by the Apostle Paul as really the structure of the Christian life. And yesterday, in the uh, sharing after, after the message, one of the brothers uh, uh, quoted to us. He, he, he gave us a verse, Hebrews 11.6. I appreciated that very much. He talked about faith, that, that with truth, we also need faith. And this is, this is really so. This is really so, that uh, 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 we need to fight the battle. We need our faith strengthened. We need our faith safeguarded, safeguarded. We need faith and love. And, you know, these two, faith and love, which, which in, in Thessalonians, right, it's the breastplate that covers the breast. Faith and love are mentioned together so often in the New Testament. And, and even the brothers who were involved in the, in the, uh, um, the elders training for la- last week, you would remember, we had one message dedicated to the development of our faith and love. Oh, dear saints, this is our need in the Lord's recovery. This is our need among the Lord's people. Do you, do you realize that, that um, uh, in, in, in Luke 18, in Luke 18, it says in, uh, I think it's 18.8, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? And that, that shows us, that's a little window. This question is kind of a window that is very possible that among the Lord's children, faith will be lacking. When the Lord returns, faith will be lacking. He will look, look 
will this will he find faith on the earth? Oh, dear saints, we we hope we should we should respond to this, Lord. I pray that when you come, you will find faith in me. For this, saints, we need the breastplate of faith and love to to what protect our faith today, to protect our heart today. You know, in in uh, in First Timothy chapter one, First Timothy chapter one, verse nineteen, it talks about <clears throat> holding faith and a good conscience, which some thrusting these away, thrusting these away, have become shipwrecked regarding the faith. Oh, dear saints, that's a that's a great warning to us. We have to hold faith and a good conscience. Don't thrust away faith and don't thrust away a good conscience. You know, uh, I believe none of us would consciously thrust away faith. We love faith. We need faith. But unconsciously, don't we thrust away a good conscience? At least at times. Oh, saints, we have to be careful. We have to be careful to confess all our sins. Confess all our sins. Actually, when we confess our sins, that strengthens both our faith and our love. In Luke chapter 7, it's the one who is forgiven much that loves much. So actually, if we experience the forgiveness of the blood by confessing our sins, the the spontaneous issue will be we love the Lord more. We love the Lord more. And our faith will be strengthened. But saints, faith, you know, we, we know this in, in Romans in, in Romans 10. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from the word. Faith comes from the word. And in Galatians 3, verses 2 and 5, we, it talks about the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. I hope, saints, that even in this session, by, by, by the time we're done here, you would have more faith. Not, not from my speaking, but because I'm presenting the Bible to, to you. I'm speaking the word of God to you. And that there would be a spontaneous issue in all of us. That is faith. So, so it's good to be under the hearing of faith, under the hearing of faith. That's why it's good we just read the word. And this, I, I ended uh, the, the fellowship yesterday with this burden of reading, reading the word, pray reading the word, be in the word. And today I'm going to talk about at the end, budgeting our time. I hope that we would budget time in the word, maybe in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. According to your schedule, there's no, there's no law or no standard, but I hope that we would have time in the word. Ephesians 5 says, redeeming the time, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And dear saints, there's no better way to redeem the time than to be in the word, to be in the word. Of course, I don't, I don't mean we, we uh, forsake our human responsibilities. And, and spend all our time reading the Bible, maybe reading the, the ministry material and, and so on. No, no. Actually, the verses we're going to see in Luke tell us that we have to be practical. 
And until the very time that the Lord comes in his parousia, in his, in his secret coming, some will be at their desk working. Some will be taking care of cooking, preparing the meal for their family in a very, very practical way. So we need to have the Lord's presence and, and, and the, the, the abiding in Christ in our daily living. But I tell you, I tell you, it's really a cycle. The more we budget time, have specific times, set times with the Lord in prayer and in the word, that strengthens us to live in fellowship with the Lord, abiding in him, abide, walking in the spirit. And, 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 and our walking with the Lord actually strengthens us in our next time of set time fellowship with the Lord. It's really a cycle. It's really a cycle. I tell you, those who grow in the Lord the most are those who have these two. A set time with the Lord and a walk with the Lord. Then it's more set time with the Lord. More walking with the Lord. That's the pathway of growth. But I come back to the armor saints. We need the breastplate of faith and love. And we need the helmet, the hope of salvation. Saints, to have these practically, to have these practically, we must be in the word and we must be in the meetings of the church. We must be in the meetings of the church. In the meetings of the church, we present our bodies and we are under the infusion of faith. And the heavenly divine concept is being infused into us. Don't worry about your feeling. We'll talk more about that this evening. Don't worry about your feeling. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. Even, I would say, drag yourself to the meeting if necessary. We, we, we need to fight for the church life. I realize that in this past year and a half, it's been a struggle for some as we continue to be at least somewhat in this kind of remote, you know, uh, provision. But thank the Lord for this remote provision, this online provision, that we could maintain our fellowship. But I realize that it's a challenge for some saints. It's a challenge, actually, for many saints. Not just many saints, many people. People are tired. People are tired of this, of the, the, the online. Uh, some saints are working all day long online. And now it's time for fellowship and it's online. And there is even a physical phenomenon of screen fatigue. We understand that. We understand that, saints. But, I, but oh, we, we just need the Lord's grace to overcome. We need grace upon grace. We need the fellowship. And if there's a way for the saints to be together, let's get together. Let's get together. Of course, in, in, in a safe way and, and in a way that the saints are comfortable. Right, we we all have to follow the Lord's peace within us and let the peace of Christ arbitrate. But I tell you, saints, we need to be together to fan one another in, in into flame. Then we can have faith, love, and hope. If not, saints, there are other infusing factors all the time. There are other infusing factors. Infusing factors sometimes through our through our devices, through our phones, when we're on this social media, when we're maybe just watching something, some through some entertainment, 
there are things that are being infused. And there are concepts that are being infused. That you know what effect they have? They shipwreck our faith. Be careful, saints. Be careful. We need to, we, we need to, we need to cover and we need to have the, the, the control over our whole being, especially our inner being. You know, we have, we have these, these four holes in our body, these two, the eyes, and these two, the ears. And through these means, through these means, these are physical, but we're a tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body. So through these means, things are getting in that affect our soul, and they become food for our soul. Oh, saints, be careful. What are, what are we eating? What are we eating? Anyway, saints, we need the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet, the hope of salvation. May we all not only be concerned for our own faith, but for the faith level of all the ones around us. You know, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 3, Paul talked to these Thessalonian believers. You know, he wrote to them and said, when I could bear it no longer, I wanted to know how your faith was. He didn't say, he didn't say, I wanted to know how you were, how you were doing. He said, I want to know how your faith was. So he said, he sent Timothy to go see how their faith was doing. And then Timothy brought back a good report and he was so encouraged. Paul was so encouraged. Saints, we, we need to be concerned for one another's faith and pray for one another's faith. Pray for one another's faith. But a practical way to pray for one another's faith is, Lord, oh, we pray my sister or my brother would open your word today, would be in your word today, that their faith and love and their hope could be strengthened. Well, amen, saints. That, that kind of is a conclusion to the fellowship in, in, in session one. Today, we come to Luke, to Luke. And uh, the point that I want to uh, bring to you is what the Lord says in Luke 17, that as it was in the days of Noah, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. And as it was in the days of Lot, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. And this, these portions in, in Luke 17 and 21, the Lord shows us where we are so that we might be like those in First Chronicles, like the children of Issachar, so that we might be those who understand the times and know what Israel should do, or in our case, what the church should do. We need to understand the times to know what we should do. What I, I need to know what I should do. What should be my response? And in this fellowship, saints, I, I would tell you, um, I will come to a certain point. I, I want to speak particularly. I have a burden in my heart for all the young working saints, the young working saints the young adults among us, and particularly the young families, the young couples with the children. We, we, we will see. <laughs> the Lord presents to us two families 
There's a contrast between two families. Did you ever notice this? When he talks about the days of Noah and the days of Lot, do you, do you realize those two men, they each had families. How did they lead their families? Very differently. Very differently. And there's one family that that ended in salvation and actually uh, became a factor for the turning of the age. But another family, oh my, what a contrast. And what a contrast between the two moms. <laughs> between the two moms. I, I, I also have a particular burden for the sisters in, in, in this fellowship. Oh, sisters, do you realize you can be a, uh, a, a wife of Noah, Mrs. Noah, or you could be Mrs. Lot. Which one would you choose? Which one would you choose? To be the wife of Noah? Unnamed. Unnamed. And actually, there's no, ver- no, no one verse dedicated to her. But Lot's wife? Oh, Lot's wife got a verse. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have a verse in the Bible dedicated to you? But, but not, not this verse. Not this verse. You know, the verse I'm talking about is, is Luke 17, 32. It says, remember Lot's wife. Oh, imagine, imagine if, if, if you had a verse dedicated to you and, and it was this verse. And we all remember you. We all remember you uh, according to this verse. Oh, I'd say, Lord, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'd rather be Mrs. Noah with no verse dedicated to me. But, but with three sons and three daughters-in-law who helped turn the age. Oh, uh, sisters, choose Mrs. Noah or Mrs. Locke. Anyway, uh, let's read the verses. Let's read the verses in Luke 17. Uh, brothers, could you help again with the screen sharing? Appreciate that. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. Okay, Luke 17. I think it's worthwhile, saints, for us to read uh, to read the whole portion from, from verse, I, I think I listed from verse uh, 30, 26 to verse 36. Read with me, please. Read. And even as it happened in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day in which Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, even as it happened in the days of Lot, they were eating, they were drinking, they were buying and they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day in which Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be the same way on the day in which the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who will be on the housetop and his goods in the house Let him not come down to take them away. And he who is in the field, let him not turn back to the things behind. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his soul life will lose it. And whoever loses it will preserve it alive. I tell you, in that day, there will be two on one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. 
There will be two women grinding together. The one will be taken, but the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Thank you, brothers. Well, dear saints, <laughs> here, the Lord Jesus, uh, he, he gives us, actually, by these two examples, he really opens to us how to prepare for his return. And also, how not to prepare. How not to prepare. The days of Noah, the days of Lot. And you know, when we, I, I don't know about you, but when I think of the days of Noah, when I, I remember when I, when I first saw, saw this in the scripture, and I saw this phrase, the days of Noah, I, 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 I thought to myself, what, what, what is outstanding about the days, the days of Noah? And you read there in, in, uh, in, in Genesis 6, the unrighteousness, there was immorality, there was even the, the um, violating by the angels, by the fallen angels, the violating of their position to take human females and, and to mix the angelic with the human to produce something that was uh, just ugly than these kind of the Nephilims, the kind of super people. And, and, and uh, there was unrighteousness. And, and then the, 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 from their youth, from their youth, the imagination of man's heart was only evil continually. And when I think of the days of Noah, this is what, this is what comes to mind. No wonder the Lord wiped it all away and started afresh says men became flesh men became flesh just ruined for god's purpose but very surprisingly to me these are not the things that the lord jesus highlighted what does he mention what were they doing in the days of noah they were eating drinking marrying and giving in marriage what's what's wrong with this Today, today, there are many married among us here in, 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 on this call. There are married ones. Didn't you live marriage life today? What's wrong with that? And then there's others. That, well, I guess the rest want to be married, at least most of them. What's wrong with that? God invented that. Eating and drinking. Did you not eat and drink today? What's wrong with that? But somehow, eating, drinking, and marriage became a factor in that generation not taking Noah's warning, not building the ark, not escaping God's judgment. At Lot's time, oh my, when you read, when you read Genesis 19, when you talk about the days of Lot, surely what you what you see there is the immorality. But, but that is not what the Lord Jesus highlighted in Luke 17. He didn't mention the sin. What does he mention? Well, the same things, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. And then he adds, he adds, buying and selling and building. 
What is this? This is human life. Daily life. Most of us here are just, we have a normal life. We, we, we have a job, earn money, or are studying an education for that means, right? To, 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 that's the end of, of what we're, the goal of what we're doing. To what? Support our family. Even we're before the many the single ones, the young ones before the Lord as to the future so they can have a good uh, uh, um, job, proper job and, and a proper marriage. And we're for that. We, we pray for that. Even this week, I was in fellowship with some young saints who are in that, in that direction. They're, they're, the Lord's bring, bringing them together and we're blessing that. I, we, I was with another young family that now they're in the stage of they, they getting a, 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 buying a home and having children. We bless that. But saints, there's a strong warning here that all of these things can become factors for us to be what? Befuddled, cloudy in our judgment that, 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 that we become even uh, in a drunken stupor through the daily affairs. And, it, and it's too easy, saints. It's too easy for, for, for young brothers and sisters, loving the Lord, consecrated. And, and then on the day of the wedding, we're, we're there blessing them. And, and, and sorry, I, I, don't, I don't mean to, I don't want to be cynical. But mostly they all say the same things. Oh, we consecrate our hearts to Christ in the church. Consecrate our home. And we bless that. That's very genuine. What about three years later? What about five years later? Is the consecration as fresh? We can say, we can say with a, with a clear conscience, yes, amen, for some. For some. But not all. And that breaks our hearts. That breaks our hearts. And that nothing, nothing, nothing bad, nothing terrible, just their careers were blessed. They, oh, they even, they even are, are able to, to purchase a home. That's their, oh, and then the first baby comes. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Actually, we had an, a newborn even this week, Wednesday. Little Gabriella was, was born among us. Another, another little vessel. Praise the Lord. But, but I, I've seen, I've seen sisters that with the first child, oh, oh yes, a blessing from the Lord. But eventually, but eventually, that little child becomes their world. And, and somehow, somehow, the, the love for the Lord, the consecration is cooled down through receiving this blessing. Oh, oh, dear sisters, I, I understand. No, I understand the, the, uh, the hardship, the hardships, especially the first few months through the night. Oh, I understand. I understand. But, but I, oh, we pray for all the young moms. We pray for all the young moms that their hearts would be kept. Their hearts would be kept. But I, I've seen some that as the children now, they're heading toward, you know, time of their education. 
Mm. We should be concerned, especially today. We have to be concerned for the education of our children in this upside down world. Yes, we must be concerned. We must be concerned. They, they have turned things upside down and they, they call evil good and good evil. Even to the, to the point where, where they blur the matter of gender. And even you can, you can choose your gender. Saints, this is, this is, this is not according to the scripture. It's just not on the first page of the Bible. This discussion ends on the first page of the Bible. God created male and female. Male and female. Now, actually, I have five. It's hard to believe when I say this, but I have five grandchildren. Five grandchildren. And the oldest, too. They're five years old. They're both five years old. My daughter my daughter has a, a daughter who's five. And my son has a son who's five. And they started kindergarten. Yeah. In California. In California. Oh, I pray for them. And I pray for wisdom for their parents. How to face the things of this age. How to face the things of this age. And so we must be concerned. But I have also seen saints. Some of our dear young families. um, Obsessed with the future of their children. With the welfare of the children. With the education. And they want them to go to a and actually, this is the atmosphere, the atmosphere in certain parts of the nation. And I could tell you in parts of Manhattan, in New York City, that, oh, I want my child. My child is two or three years old. I want my child to be in, in the best university. So, so I have to send them to the best high school. So, but, but for that, I have to send them to the best elementary school. And so for that, I have to get them into the best preschool. And, and it, it, it could be, it could just be uh, just a world. It's a, it's an entire world. And there's pressure because they're the ones around you where you live are all thinking the same way and feeding them. Oh, dear saints. Uh, again, I think you would not misunderstand what I'm saying. I trust you would not misunderstand. We're, we're, we're for our next generation. And, and, and as I mentioned yesterday at the end, what we see in Joshua, that a generation was raised up that did not know Jehovah. Oh, we're so concerned that our next generation would take up the baton, that we would learn how to properly pass the baton, and that you would learn properly how to take the baton. You know, it's, it's a skill on both sides. So we're for the children, we're for their welfare, their total welfare, spirit, soul, and body. The Lord knows. But dear saints, but dear saints, be careful. Be careful. Why is it that the Lord Jesus does not mention all the evil things in the days of Lot and the days of Noah? He only mentions these things. Buying and selling. Buying and selling. Do you know that our purchasing so that we might be able to decorate our our little humble abode, our home, our purchases, the things things we buy, the the vehicle, the, the, the home, all these things 
could have a factor and determine whether or not we're ready for the Lord's coming. Can you believe that? Do you, do you know, saints, that your purchasing pattern infuses seeds into your children? Your, your, your priorities, your evaluation of what's important, your value system is infused into the children. You don't have to talk to them about it. You, we just infuse tiny seeds all the time. You know, Galatians, Galatians is, a, is a, we have a strong warning. The Lord says, God is not mocked. God is not mocked. Because whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And we're all the time, through our speaking, through our words, and through our actions, we're sowing tiny seeds into our next generation. Oh, saints, we need, to, we need to be alert. We need to watch. And we need to be watchful. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. You know, she took a lingering look as she came out of Sodom. She was, and, and, and they did it with hesitancy. You remember that story? The angels had to grab. One, one grabbed Lot and his wife, and the other grabbed the two daughters and pulled them out. And she took a lingering look, and she became a pillar of salt. She lost her usefulness. You know, in, in the Gospels, it also says, salt is good. But if, it, but if it loses its function, what is it good for? Oh, it's very possible that we could lose our saltiness. You know, we're meant to be the salt of the earth. We're meant to matter in this age, not even by, by, by preaching, just by living. You in your office, you in your neighborhood can be the salt to, to stay the corruption of the world. Just by living as a, as a believer, as a genuine believer, going to the market, greeting the person at the checkout stand, just, just through through our, through our normal human behavior. If we're one with the Lord, abiding in the Lord, we're the, we're, we function as the salt of the earth. But it's very possible we could lose our saltiness, lose our saltiness, lose our function. Noah's wife. Oh, different story. Noah's wife was a different story. Again, we, we don't have much explicit uh, words about her, but I do believe from what we see in the scripture, we can, we can surmise a few things. You know, you know uh, with, with Noah, one, one particular thing that we, could, that, that we could see is that Noah inherited all the godly ways of his forefathers. There's, there's a wonderful message in the life study of, of Genesis. I, I really recommend this. M maybe many of you have already read it, but uh, I, I still would recommend this. The, the life and work that changed the age. The life, that's the title of the message. The life and work that changed the age. And one of the points in that message by Brother Lee, by Brother Witness Lee, he, he mentions 
that Noah inherited the godly ways of his father. And one of the things that he inherited was walking with God. Walking with God. It says, and Noah walked with God and found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But was Noah the first one that walked with God in the Bible? Surely no. The first one that is recorded is Enoch. Enoch. And you know who was Enoch to, uh, to Noah? Enoch was his great grandfather. <laughs> and Enoch, there were two great things about Enoch that we know. Enoch walked with God and he was not. So he was the first one that was raptured. And secondly, he named his son Methuselah in a prophetic way. This name, Methuselah. Of course, we know Methuselah. Uh, Methuselah is the, the answer to a trivia question. <laughs> if you would ask, who was the person that lived longest in the Bible? The answer is Methuselah. 969 years. 969. And, and his name, most interesting. His name means when he dies, it will occur. When he dies, it. What, what will occur? We don't know. Just it. Something. Something will happen when he dies. It will come. He dies, it comes. That's, that's what his name means. What will come? Oh, this one was, now Methuselah was Noah's grandfather. And, 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 and then Methuselah, his son was Lamech, and then Lamech gave birth to, to Noah. And then Noah had the three boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Do you know that, that because Methuselah, when, when you look at the genealogy and, and you look at the years, we, can, we know Methuselah's last year, Methuselah died the year of the flood. Methuselah died the year of the flood. So that means Methuselah was alive for the entire life of those three boys, Noah's sons, up until the flood. Don't you think, don't you, don't you believe that Methuselah might have had some talks with, with those boys and, and said, my sons, come here, come here. They were his, they were his, they were his great grandchildren. And to say something like, I want to tell you a story about my dad, my father. Your Great, great grandfather. Oh, boys, we come from a very special family. We come from a very special family. Actually, actually, do you realize Methuselah overlapped with Adam? Methuselah was the bridge from Adam to Noah and to Noah's sons. Can you imagine Methuselah having direct contact with Adam, finding out the stories of what it was like in the garden, passing on the stories to those boys. Now, behind the scenes, Mrs. Noah. (laughs) 
you know, she married into this family too. She married into this family. She chose this family above her family. Do you know her family, not just the, the families of the daughters-in-law, her family was outside of the ark. Don't you believe that, that Mrs. Noah would have had some talks with the boys? Boys, we're following your dad. We're following your father. It's okay. I understand. I understand. Don't you think at times maybe they could have come home under the mockery of the outside people? You know, Noah, it says, was a herald of righteousness. So Noah preached. Noah spoke of the, of the imminent judgment. But no one responded. Well, we shouldn't say Noah. Three friends of those three boys responded. Those boys, those boys, eventually they overcame. Maybe they would come home, mommy, mommy, my friend, my friend says that daddy is a crazy. What's he, this thing that, he, that we're building here, what is this? Don't you think it could have been? No, of course, I, I know the Bible does not say, but I think we can exercise a little sanctified imagination. And, and we could imagine Sister Noah to say, boys, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. We are in a very special family. We honor Jehovah. We follow Jehovah. Come, come. Come talk to Grandpa Methuselah. Spend some time with Grandpa Methuselah. Oh, what kind of family meetings did, they, did these people have? To talk about Adam, to talk about Abel, to talk about Enoch, Enosh, and then Enoch. What a family. And then these boys, these boys then, I believe they had the faith to speak to those girls. And then, and, and then the, those, those, those girls were in the ark, those three, the daughters-in-law of Moses, of, uh, of, sorry, of Noah. You know, the fact that they were in the ark and passed through the judging waters, that, that, that's, a, that's a picture of Christ. That they were in Christ. That means they were believers that withstood the judgment of, of, of God. So they, they became believers. How? I believe the faith was passed. Not just Methuselah, not just Noah, but Noah's wife. Pass faith on to those boys. And then those boys pass faith on to those girls. And they became the family of Noah. Oh, saints, at this time, we need, we need many in the church in London to be the family of Noah. Oh, I pray all, all the young, all the, the young families, you would have this prayer. Lord, constitute my family as the family of Noah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Our children and their friends. Our children and their friends. You know, it's interesting to me that both Brother Nee, Brother Watchman Nee, and Brother Witness Lee, they both said that the increase of the church should be 50% from inside and 50% from outside. That is that, that we preach the gospel to those outside. That, that should be half our increase. But the other half should be from within, from our children, from our children. 
in many localities, though, up till today, uh, I don't know that we've made 50% from our children. I know very few places, actually, among the churches in the Lord's Recovery. In, in, in the Far East, in the Philippines, this, this occurred, at least at one time. In Malaysia, also occurred at one time. Maybe in the early days, in Belize, I know we have some saints that actually have connections to the saints in Belize. Oh, the dear saints in Belize. I, I traveled there beginning in, in, in 1990 to be with the saints. Big families, big families. So the church there maybe had more than 50% from within the, 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 the increase. Yeah. But it's very interesting that, that uh, Noah and his wife, they had 50% from within and 50% from without. I don't know if this is where our brothers got this ratio from, but that's a very healthy example. Oh, dear saints, dear saints, we need moms and dads. We need young moms and dads who would stand for the Lord in this age. And yes, take care of their families. Yes, provide for their families. But at the same time, overcome the stupefying effects of the age and pass faith on to the next generation. You know, in the, the verses that we, that we read in, 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 in Luke, after talking about Lot, remember Lot's wife, we have these verses. Whoever seeks to preserve his soul life will lose it. And whoever loses it will preserve it alive. Saints, it's, it's not about the possessions themselves. It's not about the things that you actually purchase. It doesn't mean that someone with a nice house could, could not be the family of Noah. No, that's, that's, that's not what we're saying. Thank the Lord that we do have wonderful examples in the churches. Wonderful examples. Of, of those whom, whom, whom the Lord blessed with the physical possessions. But they spent those physical possessions on the Lord's interests. And they were not befuddled. They were not stupefied by the age. So the Lord could entrust material possessions to them. And they used them for the Lord's, for the Lord's interest. The, the key is the soul life. Are you someone who looks back, who has the lingering look? Or are you someone who has, who has a detachment in spirit toward all the material things? We need a thorough detachment in spirit from everything and everyone other than the Lord himself. Yes, we have a job, but in spirit, we can be detached from them. That, that requires the work of the cross in our lives. We love our children. We love our children. We love our grandchildren. But, but we have to have a spiritual detachment from them. That we could follow the Lord. The Lord said, unless you, 
love me or this way. Whoever loves mother, father, sister, brother above me is not worthy of me. This doesn't mean that we don't love our relatives. Of course we love our relatives, but there has to be through the work of the cross a kind of spiritual detachment. When we're spending time with the Lord, can you have the detachment from your job, from the affairs, from the entertainment, from from your phone, to just focus on the Lord? Some of us, even this, spending five minutes with the Lord, three minutes are in distraction, thinking about other things. We'll, we'll, touch, we'll come to this uh, this evening. <clears throat> we need to have the spiritual detachment. Then it goes on, it says, I tell you, in that night, now I'm reading Luke 17, 34. In that night, there will be two on one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field one will be taken and the other left. So that shows up until the time of the Lord's coming, his parousia. This is, this is talking about his coming before the great tribulation, his secret coming, not his open coming at the end of the great tribulation and to where he comes to fight Antichrist and the, bat, the war at Armageddon. But in that secret coming, when he comes, two will be in the field. That means working, working. You know, that shows that probably the Lord will not come on a Saturday during a conference or Lord's Day morning. He'll come from Monday to Friday while we're working or while, while women are grinding at the mill. That means they're, 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 cook, they're cooking. So I don't know if it's your job or you're cooking for your family. Normal. Very normal. But the Lord says, come. Do you, will you have at that time the spiritual detachment? That you just, you have a reaction to the Lord's call. Amen, Lord. Or will you say, oh, wait, Lord, I, I, have, I have to finish this project. Let me just finish this one email. And the Lord will say, okay, you just stay with what you love. You might say, oh, Lord, but my children, my children, I have to feed my children. The Lord might say, okay, then, then you, you just stay with your children. I'll take another. You, you, you just stay with what you love. You, you choose. Or do you have the spiritual detachment? <laughs> Maybe let's look at um, Luke 21. Brothers, could you help again, please? Luke 21. These three verses, verses 34, 5, and 6. But take heed to yourselves, lest perhaps your hearts be weighed down with debauchery and drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and and that day come upon you suddenly as a snare. For it will come in upon all those dwelling on the face of all the earth. But be watchful at every time beseeching that you would prevail to escape all these things which are about to happen and stand before the Son of Man. And saints, this is, this is talking about in Revelation, 
in Revelation 21. We're standing there on Mount Zion as the living overcomers, the first fruit. Take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves, lest perhaps your hearts be weighed down. Please notice the three things that the Lord listed here. Weighed down with debauchery, right? That's a kind of a, a wild living that, resu- that comes from, from uh, drunkenness, not having a sober mind. And drunkenness and the anxieties of life. You know, I, I, would, not, I would not think that the anxieties of life should rank with these. Uh, these first two are, are evil things. But do you realize the anxieties of life can, what does it say there? Weigh down our hearts. Weigh down our hearts. Thank you, brothers. Oh, dear saints, I I hope that I have discharged my burden to you, especially, again, I say, to the young working saints. Many of you, many of you, your your future is bright, even in the world. You, you You have so your career ahead of you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But I would just caution, be careful not to let any blessing from the Lord become a factor that weighs down your heart. It's possible. It's possible. You know, in, in, in Luke, in also, uh, there, there's, a, uh, there's a parable, actually, in 17, in, in Luke 17, we, we read verses, verses uh, 25 to 36. But earlier in Luke 17, the Lord gives this parable <clears throat> about 10 Samaritan lepers. You, you know this story, 10 Samaritan lepers. And they see the Lord and at a distance, which you're supposed to do. You, you're, you're supposed to say, unclean, unclean, and, and, and warn people uh, because it's so contagious. The lepers really, really practice social distancing. And, and so they, they called to the Lord, son of David. And, and, and he told them, go show yourselves to the priest. Where were they when they, when, when they had that transaction with the Lord? It, it, it actually says, uh, this is Luke 17, 12. It says, they stood at a distance. They stood at a distance. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. And on the way, going to show themselves to the priest, they, they, they got healed. Can you imagine that, that scene? Imagine, maybe I'm walking. I'm walking with, with Terry and, and Ron and, and Ralph and Heido, and we're all the lepers. And then I look at Ralph and I say, Ralph, you're, you're healed. Look, look, you're healed. And, 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 and Terry says, Yes, Ralph, you're healed. And, and Ralph will say, Terry, you too, you too. Don't you think they'd be so happy? And I'd be saying, what about me? What about me? And, and, and then, you're, oh, you're so happy. What happened? How many went back to thank the Lord? One. And he goes all the way back, and he's at the Lord's feet now. You know, he started at a distance. He stood at a distance. Then he went farther, they went farther away because they went on their way to the priest. But this one ended up at the Lord's feet. What does the Lord say? What does the Lord say? Um, were there not ten? Where are the other nine? The Lord did not appreciate 
the fact that he answered their prayers. And they took their answered prayers and ended up farther away from God than when they had their problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? The closest they got to God was when they stood at a distance. But then when they had the need, they prayed. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And do you know that it's not that the Lord only answered the prayer of the one. He answered the prayer of all ten. He healed them all. When I saw this, saints, I, <clears throat> a number of years ago, I told the Lord, Lord, please do not answer all my prayers. Only answer what will bring me closer to you. Because I don't know myself. And I don't want to receive blessing from you, my children, my, my grandchildren, my, my possessions, a nice home or a car or a career. I don't want any of that to become a factor that I'm not in the ark. I want to be in the ark. Oh, dear saints, dear young families, dear young families, I do hope, I do hope you would receive this charge and that the Lord could speak further to you, that you would not be, what does it say? That your heart would not be weighed down by the anxieties of life. Just the things of life, the legitimate things of life. Even the high school saints, junior high, high school, college students. You must have your good education to, and aim toward a proper living, proper career. But don't let those things substitute the Lord in, in your hearts. So, so I, I'll close with this, saints. i close with this, just this practical point. I hope that for the Lord's sake, we would redeem our time. Redeem our time. And especially in these three areas. These three areas. I hope that for the Lord's sake, we would budget, firstly, our time. To spend time for the Lord, with the Lord, every day, whatever that is, whether it's for, for new ones, a young one, five minutes with the Lord in the morning before going to school, five minutes when you come home from school, five minutes before going to sleep, maybe to read a, a few chapters, in the, maybe in the morning to pray, maybe in the afternoon to read a chapter. Maybe in the evening to call a companion and read a chapter together. Read some ministry material. Pray for your gospel friend. Or a longer time. You know, if you, if you would spend 10 minutes in the morning, 10 in the afternoon or after work, 10 in the evening, that's 30 minutes separated for the Lord. That would be very good. Or longer, according to your measure, according to your capacity, according to your situation. Budget our time for the Lord and for the church meetings and for the spiritual activities, for fellowship and for the gospel. Second, second, I hope we would budget our money, our finances. And I hope the young ones would learn this as soon as possible. Budget your finances for the Lord. We, we, we don't often talk about money. We don't often, we don't like to. But the Lord did say, the Lord did say in the parable of the sower, 
when he sows the seed into the four types of soil in the third category, right? There's the, there's the, among the wayside, that's number one, the thorny, the um, rocky place, number two, and the thorny ground, number three. What are the thorns that choke the growth? You don't have to guess. The Lord explained the parable. It's the, the deceitfulness of riches and the anxieties of the age. The riches, money, money. And in another, in, 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 in Timothy, the love of money is a, is a root of all evil. And then the Lord Jesus himself says that mammon is like a god that we would worship. Because you cannot serve God and mammon. It's the only thing that the Lord put in that place in his speaking in the Gospels. And as, as if it's a God that wants worship. So we must be careful with our money. I would say the young saints, the young saints just starting their your career, learn, set aside 10% for the Lord's, for, 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 for the Lord. Offer 10%. And please don't ask me if it should be gross or net. That, that means you're in the wrong realm if you ask such a question. I hope we could budget for the Lord and even for the Lord's work for the Lord's work. Uh, we could budget 10% for, for, for the church locally, 5% for the Lord's work on the earth. That would, that would be a blessing if you had the grace to, to do that, saints. And again, don't misunderstand, and I don't think you would misunderstand. There's no legality here. It's just fellowship. It's just fellowship. I hope we would take all these things to the Lord. So number one, budget our time. Number two, budget our finances. And finally, number three, budget our energy. Budget our energy. We only have so much energy. <laughs> and, and as we get older, the older saints can tell you, we have to budget our energy. We only have that much energy. And it's less now than it was yesterday. And so even more urgent for us to budget. What we spend our time on, what we... What do we exhaust ourselves with, saints? Anyway, I, I will stop here. I hope that the Lord could use these words. Um, I, I, 